Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. To get it together, trying to help their fellow man, hoping we can make it better. Do you really think we can? Yeah, that's what uh, that's what we're doing here. That's what uh, the catch is all about. To help us as Christians to be uh, thoughtful, thoughtfully engaged in the world around us and uh, for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of uh, grace turned outward. That's what we're, we're here for. That's what we're trying to help each other do. And that's, that's what Tuesday nights are all about with uh, Blog Talk Radio, where we get a chance to have various guests, people that... Uh, Primarily are people that I meet um, as I as I'm on the road or as I'm uh, encountering people uh, in in the general Christian world that I travel travel in and um, or people I've just simply known for a long time that I love to share with you just because they're they're thinking they're thinking what I would call thinking Christians. And they don't have their head in their sand in, in relationship to the world we live in. Uh, they they read their newspapers and they read their Bible and they try to figure out um, how to live a godly life in, in the midst of a, a crazy world. And um, we certainly have that. We even have now a kind of Christian world that labels itself Christian, but we never really know for sure uh, what what that whole world is all up to and of course uh the the media world gets a hold of that and twists it all up and um we've got that to deal with too so it's a it's pretty much of a challenge uh to be a follower of jesus christ uh, these days in in the world we live in and uh, our our guest tonight is no no exception we've had him uh a uh number of times before simply because uh well this has been quite a year uh politically and uh our guest is a uh, PR consultant in Sacramento who works a lot with uh Republican candidates and um has helped uh, the campaigns of Schwarzenegger uh, Meg Whitman and and many others over the years and uh he is often uh, called upon to comment um, on the uh, Republican candidate scene, uh, political scene. Um, I, I see his name popping up in the newspaper a lot, and we're awfully fortunate to be able to have him uh, on our board uh, as a, uh, of the catch and, and also to be able to uh, have him take a few minutes out of his time to talk about uh, where we are at right now politically. And I, I just thought it would be really great to bring him on now that uh, Trump is, is, is our new president 
and uh, we've all gotten a little bit used to uh, what we thought could never possibly happen, and uh, now it has, and here we are, and what does the world look like? What does our country look like? What, are, what does our faith look like um, in light of all this? It's a very, very uh, interesting time to be alive, and, and Rob has always got uh, some great food for thought along these lines. So uh, please welcome uh, to Block Talk Radio, Rob Stutzman. Uh, welcome, Rob. Welcome back. Hi, John. Good to be good to be back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I understand you got uh, you got some rain today too, and uh, we, we've been getting some down here. I'm surprised it's uh, getting late in the year for us in Southern California, but it, it's just been one of those years. So uh, we, we, we know how I, you Southern Californians, uh, you know, react to rain. Um, you, you want all the rain to fall up here in the North and then you just take our water. We, we know how you are. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's the way. And we just have these one gorgeous sunny days after the next. <laughs> oh boy. Yep. Uh, well, gosh, here we are, um, well into uh, the first year of a Trump presidency, and uh, uh, you know, where when we talked with you the last time we talked, it, it, it was before um, before the election, and um, uh, at that time, Rob, you were you were pretty pretty heavily involved in an anti-Trump campaign, even as a dedicated uh, Republican. Um, and because there were some things that you were really not, you were frightened about, not frightened, but concerned about uh, uh, having this guy be our president. And now that he is, um, I'd, I'd really like to get some of your reaction at, at is it still the same, or ha- have there been changes? Have there is, is there something different about the Trump that we're seeing now than than what we saw before? Or, uh, what What are your thoughts along those lines? Well, I you know sixty some odd days into this four year odyssey of, of President Trump. <laughs> um, look, I, I would say a lot of what um, we've seen. Uh, is what concerned me with him as a candidate. Uh, is one of the mm-hmm. reasons I didn't vote vote for him. I didn't didn't vote for uh, Secretary Clinton either. Wrote wrote in the name of Jeb Bush. But yeah, I mean there were some of us Republicans who just um, ha- had concerns that had concerns about issues stances. I think as Republicans, but those probably weren't enough to not vote for him. But it, it goes to fitness of of uh, for office issues. And so, you know, I mean, I made a conscious decision to judge President Trump uh, separately from day one than, you know, judgments I'd I'd conclude about candidate Trump. But, you know, 60-some-odd days into this, and um, I think those concerns remain um, valid. Uh Uh, There's a lot to be concerned about. We're starting to see the real-world consequences of alienating uh, uh, allies in a, in a dangerous world, mm-hmm. but you know, John, there's this issue that I think it's relevant for us from a faith perspective, and that is truth. And what is truth? And uh, if you can't, you know, if you can't establish fact and truth, then it, it's hard to 
it's hard to, to govern and it's hard for there to be civil order. And uh, I think people will rightfully be quick to point out that some of that is also a question I think the media has to face as well um, in their accountability to the public. Uh, but we, you clearly uh-huh. have uh, untruths being uh, perpetrated by, uh, you know, now from the official seat of the executive branch of the United States. And yeah, I have a sure, I have a, I have a real, real concern about that. And I think people uh, should be concerned. And in, in, in balance, there's substantial consequences to that. Can you give us, uh, can you give us an example of that, Rob? Uh, well, would the wiretap thing be an example of that, or, or well, what sure. What, what, yeah, wiretap is an example. Uh, I mean, we've never had a president accuse their predecessor of um, committing mm-hmm. a, a felony that would have been an impeachable offense. Um, and uh, there, you know, I mean, there there appears to be absolutely zero basis in fact in that uh the investigation that was asked for you know more or less uh hit a hit a pitch yesterday with uh, the FBI director testifying that no he doesn't have any information that uh, would would confirm that president obama ordered a tap um on uh, on then candidate trump uh nor is there forensically the story has been traced back and it appears to you know, be a game of telephone via, um, you know, b- blogs and and uh, a, a commentator on Fox News that the president saw. So yes, that's an example of of not perpetuating, just not perpetuating the truth, but you know, perpetuating a falsehood. The the other example I'd go back to is the very first day in office when the White House press secretary was ordered to go out and argue vehemently that crowd size at the inaugural was the largest ever. You know, more people witnessed that oh, inauguration yeah. than any other inaugurations. Now we might say, well that's a trivial matter. But the the fact that they would come you know, that it was a trivial matter might be what's most concerning about it. So you know, the real question is uh-huh. is when there's you know, when you can't believe what is being said from this very important seat of power, then um what confidence starts to deteriorate not just with you know US citizens at some point but indeed um you know leaders and important people all around the world right right well you know what about this what do you think should be our our attitude you know we always we always say yeah but he's the president you know so i mean there there's a respect for the office of the president that has always been in place in this country. And it's probably been one of the, one of the really strong uh, qualities that we've had uh, where, you know, we fight as Democrats and Republicans and all of that. But at the minute, you know, the minute we have an election and the minute the man is inaugurated, well, we all, we all are, he's, he's the president of Republicans and Democrats. He, he or she, you know, that's, that's our president. And, and, and we have, we, we give that office uh, respect. And uh, where, where is there, we also though, like you're saying, we can't be, be just stupid or dumb or play like we can't see what's going on when there are things that aren't right. And, how, what's the balance between that? Between just 
you know, dissing the president, but still respecting the office. I mean, have you got any insight you can help us out? With well, I think one? I think I think so. I mean, look, we've had presidents that have, have had huge failures throughout our history. Uh, most recent, of course, would be um, would be President Nixon, but there's others before him. Um, and, the, and the republic uh-huh. survives. And I think it's important to remember in our in our country, it is a uh, it's a, you know, a a democratic republic. That's our form of government. The president is one of us. He's a citizen. Um, he's not a king. He's not royalty. There is no bloodline. He he governs with the consent. Uh, of the voters, in this case, not a majority, but a, a majority of the electoral college, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I, I, which I think is quite legitimate. That's our that's our constitutional system. There's there's a design to that, so you can respect the office, mm-hmm. but it certainly is part of not just the American tradition, but indeed uh, the, the the design of the American um, democracy uh, to be critical as well and to to speak out and uh, use the First Amendment and to demand uh, accountability. And, in fact, that's how the system uh, works at its best. And it's not, you know, it's not incongruous to be supportive of policies. Um, I mean, I'm thrilled with his appointment of uh, Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court. I mean, I, can, I can't imagine mm-hmm. a, better, uh, a better pick from any president. <laughs> I'm thrilled about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, it's fine to praise what is uh, praiseworthy and, and speak out against that which uh, – uh, is condemnable and, you know, and frankly try to encourage uh, behavior to, to change. Um, I think that's consistent with um, the design of the of, of the forefathers for for the you know this government mm-hmm. that has you know served us and has mm-hmm. lasted and so long and has really been a beacon to the world. Yeah. Um, it seems like as soon as Trump was 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 elected there was a kind of uh, uh something un- unleashed in the country that uh certainly we we already were experiencing a great deal of divisiveness but but it it appears that there's there's even m- more of this and um uh, a kind of warring going on and uh then then there are uh, you know the alt right and the alt left and and uh all of this uh strong competing that we have uh in our country people are afraid there's a lot of fear of course the the whole deportation issue has got people a lot of people afraid and um uh you know i we have a we have a, we have a friend who's um uh, I've been I've been helping with her with her husband who is who who needs a lot of medical assistance every day. We we do a kind of a, a physical therapy with him, um, and uh, uh, but they have a they have a a um, a, may, a a house housekeeper who is uh, she has her papers and everything. She's a U.S. citizen. But uh, I asked her, you know, how about her family, the rest of her family and friends, tons of family and friends who, who do not have papers and, and are here illegally and, and they live in fear every day of what might happen. And, uh, uh, you know, it, 
I don't even know if I'm asking a question here, Rob. I, I guess I'm saying what, uh, what, what, how can we as Christians try and navigate this, this uh, divisiveness that we seem to see almost everywhere now in our country? Well, I think you know what's been lacking, and and yeah, you know, I mean this is part of what disturbed me about candidate Trump was the tone that he set of being uh, divisive, of being denigrating towards uh, people types and classes. Um, uh, you know, as Christians, we may not be comfortable with Islam, but you really need to think of consider a big picture, in my opinion, about freedom of religion and everything that it means. And yes, there may be risks that go with that. Of course, he started trying to define who's going to come and go from our borders by, as a matter of religion, which uh, I think uh, even nominee Gorsuch to the court has indicated he would find unconstitutional. Um, mm-hmm. So there, there's this divisiveness of dividing us from one another in a sense of mankind that began with the campaign. And when he I, – I think there is a normalization of some racist tendencies, whether they came directly from his mouth or not, but certainly the campaign uh, emboldened um, racism in this country. Um, you know, happy to defend that all day long. I think that's evident. Um, so – you know the backlash that then comes the the kind of the the, the mortification that's happened on the left in response to Trump. Uh, some of that's you know in reaction to you know, the type of candidate he was. There, I don't think there'd be the same mortification of John Kasich or Jeb Bush or Mitt Romney. You know, had been elected okay. as a Republican. So so Trump at the end of the day, Trump is the one that has kind of set this tenor and pitch. Uh, I think in the in the country, including the reaction to him. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, as 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 Christians, uh, there's there needs to be this this sense of uh, I think being the balm to society. Um, we go back to this, just you know, look you look in Romans where Paul um, admonishes um, us to uh, honor government and subject ourselves to government. Well, then he goes right into also you know loving your neighbor. And pointing out there's no harm that comes from loving uh, your neighbor. So, you know, I hear about your story, John, and trying to help someone mm-hmm. that's in your community um, mm-hmm. uh, and be supportive and whatever those issues may be related to immigration. Well, that's, you know, that's getting involved where you are, where you live with a neighbor. And, uh, you know, that's where I would hope Christians are focusing themselves. I'm very much an advocate of Christians being involved in the political process. There's a role to play to be aware, to be civically engaged, certainly to vote. Um, but there's almost this – I almost wonder if we're at this moment where you can still stay stay civically aware and engaged as voters, but it's time to step back a little bit and look around and ask where can I be – you know, where can I speak love and truth – uh, and where can my hands and feet do works um, in our com- in your communities locally where you're at? Um, now maybe that starts to touch on issues of welcoming refugees into your community, or maybe it's simply as something as as simple as making sure the the meals are delivered to the to the seniors. Whatever it is, uh-huh. um, that's you know if you look at scripture, that's the tone that we're called to set um, where uh-huh. we live and. Uh, I just I think we're just badly in need of that right now. Um, you know, Facebook arguments aren't going to move the ball forward. Um, like turning around and looking for some way to to live out 
um, the direction to to love your neighbor. Mm. Boy, that sounds great. That's great. And, uh, you know, and even as we can do that as individuals, we can, we can also do that as churches. I think, um, we can encourage maybe, uh, can we not our, our, our pastors and our other leaders to, 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 to get involved and show us what we can be doing. Yeah, I've had some pastors ask me this question: Is how do we, you know, they they've got small groups that want to talk about this and talk it out, and and I said, well, I don't know, not that I hold the keys to the answers to these things, but you know, why, you know, people that need to talk these things through that might even have different perspectives, let's go labor together, uh, side by side, um, serving with the love of Christ and let that set the basis for us to come back and have discussion. By the way, there's nothing wrong with disagreeing. There's nothing wrong with having, um, you know, frankly, argument, if you will. I mean, this is dialectic is the, I mean, this is what Socrates loved. He thought truth was really found through um, discussion, debate, um, that you have to hear your fellow man uh, reflect back on something you may be saying and hear what they're saying and consider those points of views. The key to that is consideration, um, not some sense that you have to win or your you know cable channel is better than someone else's cable channel. Um, we've we've kind of reduced this, I think, in America to this zero sum game where um, you know if Hannity says it or if Rachel Maddow says it, you know that pretty much def- defines who you are and what the debate is. Well, I mean that's just stupid um but there's great issues going on that we can you can certainly have spirited discussion about um but consideration is is what's important and making sure you're listening and uh and truly Mm -hmm. seeing if there's something you may be persuaded about or learn from hearing another person's uh perspective immigration by the way is one of those issues that uh it's it's, it'd be good to have open ears and hear some other perspectives on than what uh so some people may right. automatically quickly conclude. Do you think that um, shouldn't couldn't the church be a place where we can have these discussions? Uh, wouldn't that be a strong thing to be able to to be in the context of, of a church? But we're Republicans, we're Democrats, we're on different sides of issues. But you know, let's let's keep main thing the main thing. But but let's discuss these other things and see. Uh, you know how how would God lead us to think about them? Um, don't you think there's a place for for that kind of discussion? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's the type of leadership that that churches could uniquely be uh, positioned to facilitate. Um, it's not easy. There isn't exactly a manual yeah. and a lot of books out there on how to do it, right? Um, <laughs> Well, at least methodically how to do it. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's that's a great role for the, the church right now. I kind of feel like the, the, the church, I say that in, in air quotes, <laughs> um, you know, it's kind of been led along by right. its nose, if you will, throughout this whole political season, particularly by those that claim that they're the leaders of the evangelical mm-hmm. church and, you know, the news tells us that they are. And, I, you know, I'm not so sure that's the case. Um Mm-hmm. So the, yes, there's a lot of room out there right now. I think for um, for pastors and for the church, and by the church, so the the body of Christ, right, to to you right. know engage in, in in model 
how to have these type of dialogues, how to focus on what's really important, which of course would be, I think, acts of service. That's great. Um, Rob, you've, you have always been good at finding the silver lining. I remember that about you. Is what, what's, the, what's the silver lining right now? Uh, uh, well, I, I mean, it, it, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I don't want to make this about politics. For me, politically, I certainly see some silver linings that that I appreciate. Um, uh, I gotta tell you, John. Beyond that, I'm, I struggle a bit. I'm, I'm distressed. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned about how the, I say this ends. How, you know how the Trump presidency continues to wind out. Um, there are, you know, there are rumors of war. Um, uh, you know, I think it's also probably important to remember we're, you know, we we actually probably when we should be considered at war. We certainly have young people in harm's way, uh, protecting us and. We, Keeping us free, so I, I'm uh-huh. I'm concerned on a greater global stage. I, I say I say concerned. I certainly don't live in fear. Um, I don't. I you know I think Christ gets us past living in in a state of fear. But no, there's there's a lot to be uh, concerned about. I think these are very serious times for for the country. Um, you know I think of even back through the Clinton impeachment. Um, you know, what, 17, 18 years ago, that still, though, proceeded through a process that was clear. And um, we're in an environment now where, again, I go back to if there is no truth, how can things be clear? If there are no facts, then uh, then what is right and yeah. what is wrong? And I, I don't know yet where that takes us, but I'm very concerned um, about the about how the even in the short term consequences of that are, but certainly long term. Yeah, yeah. Can okay. Um, well, this this. So I didn't find a silver lining for you, I guess. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, well, you know, maybe 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 the silver lining is is there for for the gospel. Um, it is. I was going to say it's there for the church, right? I mean, we're, I mean, we're look, we're 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 fat and lazy and out of shape. Uh, we're not persecuted. Um, you know, there there is opportunity here, obviously, for the church to adapt and be what it's really supposed to be, uh, with salt and light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my old my old boss Schwarzenegger you... would say that we're very flabby. <laughs> <laughs> He would know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my! Of course, I haven't seen him lately. I don't know. He's still in in, in all that great shape that he always was. But I imagine he is. Um, what? Well, what do you see for the future? This will this will pretty much wrap it up here. I mean, we are almost. You you are kind of looking there already. Uh, do you have anything else to say about? Um, what does it look like for us down the road? Um, I would, I would think, you know, I, th- I think people of faith need to be prepared for uh, extraordinary, extraordinary times <clears throat> ahead of us in the near future. Um, those may or may not come, but I think there's plenty of reason to, uh, to anticipate that and to be prayerful about that and to, um, to think about. Um, ways of uh, acting, behaving, considering things um, that are original, 
and are come from a from deep contemplation, prayer, and discussion, and aren't necessarily um, the result of uh, direction propaganda or old paradigms that uh, we all may be used to. Mm. Mm. I wrote a I wrote a song, Rob, back in the eighties, and it was called "All Fall Down." And um, I, I, <laughs> I drove out to, to uh, Arizona this weekend and, and back and saw a couple spring training games. It was really fun. I do it every year. Um, but there, for some reason, this was the one song that was on my phone that I've loaded up. And uh, I, I was kind of blown away with how current this song was, even though I wrote it in the eighties, suddenly things I didn't, I didn't even know what I was writing about are making sense, uh, in this song because it's all talking about, um, control. It's all talking about people from, from, from power, power and, and trying to control more and more. And, uh, but everything falling apart, uh, from the inside. And, um, uh, all fall down pieces on the ground, um, but then the, the 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 point being when we become I've been talking about this a lot in the catch when we become vulnerable, needy, uh, that in a way uh, when we are broken when we fail, those can also be the best times for us and for our faith and for finding out what it truly means to trust the Holy Spirit and, and to give God control for what he's doing because uh, all these other things are slipping away. Uh, do you do you feel any of that going yeah, on? Yeah, right I do. I mean this is <laughs> this is the hard this is the hard truth for Christians, especially in America where we have it so well, right? Is that um I think we know from obs- observing life as well as reading scripture particularly Old Testament characters, that uh, growth comes through uh, adversity. And uh, I back to, I guess, my comments about being a little out of shape and flabby is we need, maybe maybe we need some adversity to get us right uh, as, as a church and to be properly uh, to be properly challenged. And so, yes, I think that all sounds very appropriate. These are the, the days that we... We may be in, whether we know it or not, and certainly more may, may be approaching. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, let's be praying and let's be ready. And uh, see, I'm I'm thinking that that you know the the silver lining I'm seeing that this may be the usher in ushering in of a, of a new spiritual revolution um, for people coming coming to the Lord. Uh, kind of like we did in the Jesus movement, um, it was a it was a spirit led movement, and it happened across literally across the world, and um, primarily to younger people, but but it it, it uh, affected the whole church, and um, I don't know, I'm I'm ready to see that happen again. I don't know about you. But that that would be that would be very exciting to see. And as much as we malign our the yep. millennials and for some of that for good reason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there is a. I also detect a. 
uh, a sensitivity to such things and, uh, and, and it, you know, kind of an existential aspect to that generation that, uh, right. right, we can see the same thing sweep through them that what you experienced at that age. Yeah. Well, let's hope so. Let's, let's pray that way. Rob, this has been great. Thank you so much for taking some time to be with us and, uh, and, and keep at it. You know, it's a great place <laughs> well, that you're in. I'm, I'm just glad you're where you are, and and that you you are uh, you know representing the kingdom of God in a very very uh, interesting place there. So um, I, I guess are, are you are you involved in, now in any candidates, or will that be something that down the road? You, will you keep doing that, or what's what does your work look like these days? That'll be well, my last. Uh, yeah, a lot of well, a lot of my work has to you know do for. For clients that have issues uh, related to government tax taxes and regulations, but uh, sure, I would I anticipate being involved with candidates in, in the future. That certainly is a part of the portfolio of what I do, and and frankly, one of the things I'm passionate about um, is a, the part about this business Great. that I, I feel very grateful to be to be involved with helping candidates at times. Great, great. Well. Let's uh, let's let's, let's uh, we'll keep praying for you and and let's keep praying that the Lord um, leads us in the middle of all of this. Um, this is great. Okay, Rob, I gotta run. Um, great, thanks, John. Good to be with you. Uh, bless you so much. Thank you very much for doing this again. My pleasure. Uh-huh. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye now. Okay, folks, have a nice It's always great having a time. I hope you learned some stuff. Go back and listen to it again. There's more to get, for sure. All right? Thank you. God bless you.